The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the eleven and those with them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and the forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him, and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple blessing God. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. Good and tired, as usual. Well, as usual, too, I've got a question for you. How many of you have learned how to ride a bike? Yeah? Very cool. That's okay. And how many of you have learned to ride a bike without training wheels? Ah, uh-huh. so some yes, some no. That's okay. Everybody learns to ride a bike differently. And everybody learns how to ride a bike in different times and in different ways. But for you, whether you ride a bike with training wheels, a bike without training wheels, or not a bike at all, tell me what you know. Yeah. It's all about balance. That's right. What else? Tell me what you know. Alice. We learned lots of things. We learned that they're wobbly, and we learned that they're big, and we learned that they're easily hidden, and we don't look down, and we learned responsibility, didn't we? Yeah. That's very good, Alice. 
And I hear over here, not to look down. Where are you supposed to look? Up? Straight forward. Okay. So you look straight forward. You're trying to look where you're going, right? Look where you're going. That's right. Callan. Wear a helmet. That's right. Because something that goes hand in hand with riding a bike is falling off the bike, right? So wear a helmet. What else? They're in garages. We have to keep them somewhere. You did. Yes. Oh, man. Helmets and bikes go hand in hand, don't they? Yeah. You each know that there's a time when you first learn to ride a bike. Training wheels, not training wheels, whatever it is. And everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, most people have help when they first learn to ride a bike, don't they? Someone might be beside you. You might have looked at someone else do it before. So at the very least, you can see someone else. And we try and try and try again. Today, the disciples are going from a time when they have someone helping them to a time when that person that was helping them isn't there anymore. And just not in the same way. So, and you each have times when you go from somebody helping you ride the bike to someone not helping you ride the bike, right? All the things that you learned before are still there, that we need helmets, that they're a little wobbly, you don't look down, it's all about balance. All those things stay with us, right? And we go on this brave new adventure, this adventure of taking everything we know and everything we've been taught and trying it out ourselves. You're never going to forget that first time that you try to ride a bike on your own. I still remember my first time. I stood on top of a wooden milk crate because my bike was a little too big for me. And I shoved off and I got about three feet and I fell over. <laughs> but then I tried again and again and again. In our lives, Jesus is going to send us to places that might look different, might feel different, might be places and things we haven't done before. God always goes with us and even goes ahead of us, preparing a way for us. God is in the places that are familiar and the places that aren't familiar. God will always be there. Does that make sense? So this week, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do something familiar and something unfamiliar, something new. And in both, I want you to remember, God is with you. Sound good? All right. Should we say a prayer? Let us pray. Gracious God, you are with us in familiar and unfamiliar things. Thank you. Thank you for all we learn. Thank you for bikes and what they teach us. And thank you in all of our lives for being with us. Please help us to find you here and wherever we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for being here, guys. You back to your seats.
In the name of Jesus, amen. We have this moment in our scripture where Jesus very clearly says that he's going somewhere else. And he gives them instructions. He opens their mind to all scripture. And he gives them instructions to stay there until they've been clothed with power from on high. But I don't know about you, even though we've had 50-some days since Easter, it still feels very soon, very soon to go from the Garden of Gethsemane to you're ready, very soon to go from this moment and point in time where they were all running in different directions to I think I'm ready to leave you on your own now. And not quite on your own. The Spirit will come. You'll be clothed in power. But certainly, you'll be taking a greater role in what's happening in this life and in the world around you. The disciples decide to go into the temple and to give thanks to God. And I'm always split on whether they're giving thanks to God about seeing Jesus ascend to heaven. Or they're giving thanks to God about their role in this church? Or they're giving thanks to God about the unknown? Simply the promise that God's going to be there. Whatever they're doing, they're giving thanks. And then they sit. They sit and wait for Pentecost. They sit and wait for that moment when the Holy Spirit will come down and push them into this new adventure. But there's a clear line here between the time of their life when they walked with Jesus that they could see and touch and smell and this time when they walk with the Spirit, which they cannot see, though it moves wherever it will. This is a new time. They are riding their bikes without anyone to help them for the first time. One thing that they realize quite quickly is their role, their active role in this part of life. They are not asked to sit back and only observe. They're not asked to go out periodically, two by two, into the community and report back. They're not asked to do these behaviors that we see the disciples familiar with. They're asked to do new behaviors, different behaviors. In this, we find probably the most similar experience to our own as active people in the church. To say the quiet part out loud, we are people of the Spirit. We don't see the risen Christ physically in our presence. We can see him in one another in the body of Christ. We can see him in bread and wine. We can see him in water and the word. We can see him in forgiveness and repentance. But we don't put our fingers where the nails were. And we don't stick our hand in his side. We are people who were born and have always lived in the Spirit, the one who helps, the one who comes from on high and clothes us with power and gives us something to do. In other words, we have long been people riding without training wheels. Verse 
when we were young, the church and the ones around us that help us grow in faith, and when we were old, the ones who help us continue in faith stand in the place where Jesus used to stand. They stand as physical representations. They stand as human beings that give us signs of what good looks like, tastes like, feels like, smells like. They give us signs of what good is able to do in the world. And we too stand in the places where Jesus stood, doing those same things in known and unknown ways for one another. But we are imperfect. We hold this treasure in clay jars. All of this to say, when we ourselves are people of the Spirit going out into the world without someone to directly see who is doing this perfectly, it is easy to get scared of the bike, to get scared of whether or not we're going to stay upright, whether or not we're going to stay on the right track, whether or not we're using it correctly. It's easy for us to pull back a little bit and wait a little bit longer in the temple for something or someone to show up that's a clear and certain sign of what we're supposed to be doing. Even after their minds were opened, they stayed in the temple until they had no doubt what they were to do. We're just the same. So I want to lift up two things. One is the way our life works, our bicycle works. And this is a little silly, but follow me. This past, <laughs> this past couple of weeks, one of my brothers sent me a series of YouTube clips of people steadying a bike at the top of the hill and then just letting it go without a rider on it. And it rarely falls as it's going down the hill. There's scientific reason for this. Some of you may know the name of it. I don't. I just watch bike after bike traveling down the hill, not falling over. Now, the, the reason and the diagrams they show is because I don't know. The angle of the forks is behind the wheel, and it's also got the little, you know, uh, the fulcrum or whatever it's called where the handlebars can twist. Essentially, what you see the bike do is it goes down the hill and it falls. And as it falls, it forces the wheel the other way. And then it falls. And as it falls, it forces the wheel the other way. And it just kind of swims its way down the hill over every bump, over every little rock. And as I watched these things over and over, at first I was just watching them saying, why am I being sent these? <laughs> but eventually I became memorized with the concept of this isn't just luck. This is actually the way the bicycle works. And I never even knew this whole time that I was riding a bicycle that the thing doesn't want to fall. I was convinced it wanted to. And so it is with our walk in faith. 
God is not looking for us to fall. God is not looking for us to fail. God's not looking for us to be sprawled out in the middle of nowhere, unsure of how things are happening. That's not the way the bike is built. God has given us a whole scripture full of faith, and God has given us one another. The bike doesn't want to fall. Over every bump and over every rock, it may feel like we're about to fall this way, and it may feel like we're about to fall that way, but time and time again, this thing writes itself. It is simply built to go the distance. And so are we. The second is like it. At the heart of what is opened in the minds and eyes of the disciples, now apostles, is the repentance and forgiveness of sins in his name. If we want to know what's at the heart of Jesus' work that we're being sent in the world to do, Yes, there'll be healing, and yes, there will be feeding, and yes, there will be singing, and yes, there will be joy, and yes, there will be all kinds of stuff that the trappings of the church rightly hold up as holy and faithful and true. But the core of it, the very center where all this stuff flows out of, is found in repentance and the forgiveness of sins. This thing that we do with one another, imperfect people, where we say to one another again and again and again, I messed up. And by the grace of God pulling at our heartstrings and simply by the way we've seen good in one another's lives, we keep saying, it's okay. It's not okay, but it's okay. It will be okay. Will be okay. Time and time again, repentance and the forgiveness of sins. The way we admit our wrong and try to change, and then we, we see one another wrong and we try to accept. The bike does not want to fall. And the motion down the hill the entire energy that allows that to happen is this dynamic, this fall and fall and fall, but not quite fall all the way that we see in repentance and the forgiveness of sins. We steer back and forth and back and forth again. Always people of repentance and the forgiveness of sins. Every relationship that lasts longer than a day is required to have repentance and the forgiveness of sins. Every church that lasts longer than a day is required to have repentance and the forgiveness of sins. This relationship between one another that allows us to fall one way and fall the other way, but not quite go down. We are built in the core of who we are to stay upright. We'll fall time and time again. But in the motion of the church and the repentance and forgiveness of sins and the way that the Holy Spirit comes to us and brings us into one another's presence and in the presence of those out in our community, we have what we need to stay upright, to keep going and move forward. 
This week, I want you to watch a bicycle. It might be on the road. It might be on a YouTube clip. It might be you yourself writing. Who knows? But I want you to watch every single person that rides a bike. You'll see them go a little bit this way. You'll see them go a little bit that way. That's the way balance is created. And in our lives and lives of everybody in this world, we're going to go this way and we're going to go that way. And in grace and forgiveness, we'll be able to stay upright. We won't be exactly on the line, but we'll be moving forward. And that's how imperfect people move forward. God be with you in this push and pull of repentance and forgiveness. God be with you. And every time the Holy Spirit graces us to stay upright, God be with you as holy people carrying holy things in clay jars. God be with you. And may God continue to bless the church and staying upright. Amen.